was a good friend of mine. Hello and welcome to the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life. My name is Kyle Case and I'll be your host on this amazing journey as we attempt to help you get the most out of your life. Joining me in our studio today is my co-pilot, Lil Baron. Hey, Kyle. Lil Baron. How you doing? I'm good. How about you? You know what? It's hard to be better. I if, I, if I, were any, I had someone that told me one time if there were if there if I was any better there'd be two of these. <laughs> so today is that kind of day. Good. Today is that kind of then day. Then we so, expect double work. <laughs> <laughs> at least, at least, Lil. Yes. You, you work out. I do. I know you do. I like do. on a daily basis, yeah. for the most part, you try yeah. to get you try to get it working. Walking. I think that's important. Yeah. It's not easy to do. No. We all need to do it. We yeah. know it, but it's not easy to do. <laughs> If you're going to set aside some of your precious time to work out, mm-hmm. then it feels like you want to get the most out of your exercise. Yes. Do you agree with that? Absolutely. Okay, I think that's fair to say. So whether you're looking to strengthen your muscles, lose weight through exercise, improve your stamina, endurance, just stay healthy, whatever the reason is, we want to get the, the most bang for our buck, the most out of the workout. So today I want to talk about nutrition, things that we can eat, should eat. <laughs> You're gonna. You're not gonna. I, th- these will be okay. Okay. These will be okay. I know. I know broccoli. Time, every time we talk about nutrition, <laughs> you roll your eyes at me. But these are just a few things, a couple of things that we could all implement. Okay. That might help us get more out of our workout. Okay. You ready? Mm-hmm. You're gonna be surprised by a couple of these. Oh, good. No, <laughs> I didn't say pleasantly surprised. I just said surprised. Right. Okay. Number one, tart cherry juice. Whoa! Yeah, see, oh, there, there's the surprise that right there. That is a surprise. <laughs> so I didn't, I don't, I don't know anything about tart cherry juice, but it was. Uh, I found this on Eat This, Not That, and I thought well, this is interesting. So here's the deal: tart cherry juice can reduce muscle soreness. Oh. It can help athletes to bounce back faster after tough workouts, thanks to the high levels of polyphenols that are packed inside, along with antioxidants and anti-inflammatory compounds. The benefits have been shown after both strength exercise as well as endurance exercise. This is according to the Nutrition Twins, who are Lysi Lakatos and Tammy Lakatos Shamis. They're the authors of the Nutrition Twins Veggie Cure. Hmm. And uh, they say drink the tart cherry juice. So to reap the benefits of tart cherry juice, Lysi and Tammy recommend either drinking it plain or mix it into a smoothie with a banana, ice, and some Greek yogurt for protein. Huh. So do you drink tart cherry I, juice? I know. I, no. Based, based on your facial <laughs> expression, I know you don't. I don't even know what it is, but I'm going to look it up. <laughs> look it up. It's good, it's good for sore muscles. This next one actually was really a surprise to me. Okay. Olives. Oh, I love olives. Okay, well, so you're already a step ahead right. of the game, right? So here's the deal. Olives are high in fat. They're low in carbs, which makes them a good keto-friendly pre-workout snack. It helps promote huh. endurance potential. Training in a low-carb state can, over time, help the body burn more fat during workouts and therefore reducing our reliance on sugar for our workout and making us more metabolically flexible. And olives are a good huh. way to do that. So uh, something to think about. Um, this is according to Casey Means, who is a doctor. He's also the co-founder and chief medical officer of the uh, of metabolic health company called Levels. And he's also the associate editor of the International Journal of Disease Reversal and Prevention. So he's got some credentials. If he says olives are good for you, 
who am I to disagree? Oh, right, right. <laughs> so he also says, um, have you ever been going along and all of a sudden you just bonked? Like you just run out of energy. Mm-hmm. Has that ever happened mm-hmm. to you before? So this may be a sign that you're very reliant on glucose during workouts and it might benefit you to uh, increase your fat intake, which olives, again, are a great source of that. So you might skip the high sugar shakes, the goos, um, the protein bars that might be giving you a huge glucose or an insulin spike, and then uh, increase your fats a little bit, healthy fats, obviously, yeah. before you work out, and pop some olives for uh, huh. a little bit of that higher fat content. The next one, beet juice. Do you drink uh, beet juice? Uh, no, no, I don't. So beets are a top dietary source of nitrates, which convert to nitric oxide in the body. This, in turn, helps to dilate blood vessels, which increases blood flow and delivery of oxygen and nutrients to muscle cells. Studies have shown that beets may improve endurance performance, muscular power and strength, and even cognition during team sports. So that's good. That's according to Kelly Jones, who is also a medical doctor and a registered dietitian. There's a bunch of other things, but the last one that I wanted to share with you that, that you could eat to, okay. to really improve your workout <laughs> is nothing. Oh. So this is what research says. Research supports that exercising in a fasted state, such as the first thing in the morning before you have any breakfast, that increases acute insulin sensitivity and glucose uptake by muscle fibers and may induce long-term positive health changes. The idea is that when you work out without having eaten anything, It'll force your body to be more efficient at taking up sugar from the blood, as well as burning fat for energy. And another recent study showed that fasted workouts improve the metabolic health in obese men. So uh, something that we deal with in uh, our society today. If you're used to eating before workouts, you might consider taking it slow, talking to your doctor. Of course, talk to your doctor before you jump into a fasted regimen. Uh, our bodies do need to take some time to adapt. But there's a few things to think about yeah. that can help you get the most out of your Daily workout. Yeah. So. I'm still. You're just in shock. I am. The olives. The olives through you, right? Yeah. But I'm <laughs> so, packing some olives. I'm right. going to find them. <laughs> so today we've got a couple of distinguished yes, gentlemen. We do. Who have joined us in our studio. Brandon Price and Jason Renoa are the brand new co-directors for cycling at the Huntsman World Senior Games. Welcome, gentlemen. Yes. Hi, guys. How you doing? <laughs> hey, Brandon here. Thanks for having us. We are doing great. And thanks for taking a minute to come and visit with yeah. us, you guys. We're we're super excited to be working with you this year. We consider cycling one of our kind of our, one of our hallmark events. We have this amazing backdrop in which we get to compete here in southern Utah. And we utilize it as much as we can. We we use Snow Canyon. We've we've just got this just just a beautiful setting. Right. People love to come and be a part of that. Mm-hmm. But we're, we also feel like there's a lot of room for growth, a lot of potential to recruit more athletes, especially in the, uh, you know, the 50 over market. And so we're excited to be working with you guys to move forward with that. Tell us just a little bit about yourself. Let's start with you, Jason. Well, um, I'm a military guy. I spent 12 years in the service. I've always been an athlete uh, all through high school, wrestling, different things like that. Um, I'm late to the cycling game, but I definitely love cycling, love being on two wheels. Um, my wife and I, we are promoters for some of the bigger cycling events along the West Coast for mostly mountain biking, but we also do a lot of timing. Uh, that's kind of keeping track of everybody, d- developing the results for cycling events, things like that. Uh, we've probably been involved in the cycling industry for 
I would say this is our 22nd year of oh, wow. putting on events now. Okay. Um, as a matter of fact, I'm getting ready. My wife and I, <laughs> we're, my, my, mo- my motorhome's outside right now as we speak, and we're, we're on our way down to Southern California to put the very first uh, Junior Race League event and U.S. Cup on oh, wow. for mountain biking. So we're super excited. We are on the road. <laughs> so yeah, in a nutshell, that's, that's Jason. Awesome, Great. awesome. Brandon, what, what about you? What brings you into the cycling world? Well, that's a long story, I think. I was a police officer, retired after I got hurt. And oh, okay. I was a, did several years as a police officer, crashed on the motorcycle, I turned my foot around backwards. Oh, wow. I spent nearly two years um, sitting on a desk, gaining weight, eating the bad foods. Sure. I wasn't eating you weren't drinking the, the olive juice. I wasn't <laughs> eating olives. I wasn't drinking uh, the tart cherries. Yeah. I wasn't doing any of that. So when I was able to start walking and got off the crutches, I couldn't run. I couldn't do a lot of that aerobic stuff. So I went out and bought a road bike and started riding that and losing weight. And I fell in love with the road bike. And uh, started uh, going into events, riding centuries, doing races on my road bike. And that turned into mountain biking as well. And then after I retired from the police department, I wanted to figure out a way to get paid to ride a motorcycle still. (laughs) And the only way I knew how to do that was being a USA Cycling official and working races all the way from grassroots races all the way to pro races as a moto official. And that led into a full-time job with USA Cycling. And I'm the events manager over the Western region. Uh, helping events, working at events. So I go to events and I promote people to the pro ranks and hopefully scout out some of our Olympians. Awesome. Ooh, very wow, nice. That's fantastic. Yeah. Now, obviously, we're going to have people that are unfamiliar with cycling and events and races. Um, tell us how motorcycles mix into a race. Like, how, how does that work? Well, just like if you watch football on TV or baseball, there's officiating, there's refereeing uh, and in order to promote and have a safe and a fair race so there's no cheating, people aren't being unsafe, there's motorcycles often on the course of road bike races. And those they're officiating. They're keeping people safe. They're keeping people where they're supposed to be, not cutting people off, not allowing drafting. If it's a type of time trial or a hill climb, that drafting is not allowed. Just making sure that the level it's a level playing field for everybody so that there's no unfair advantage. So you're racing against people that should be similar to your ability, and it's a true race at that point. Okay, that makes sense. So yeah. you're, you're the the striped shirt, if you will. We actually used to wear striped shirts, believe it or not. And then um, because we're on the motorcycles, there was a push to allow us to wear some of our own protective safety gear. Sure. So they got away from the striped shirts. Yeah. And we just wear uh, a light blue USA Cycling officiating shirt. Um, if, a, if a boss is around, we tuck them in. If they're not around, we untuck them um, to be comfortable. So we have a dress code as officials as well. Awesome. Very awesome. nice. So it's interesting to me that both of you have talked about road racing as well as mountain biking. Um, Jason, for you, talk a little bit about the differences in the two sports and what are the benefits of one versus the other? Just so somebody who's maybe thinking about getting into cycling can have an idea of what they're getting into mountain biking versus a road race. Great question. So. The neat thing is the Huntsman, you know, World Senior Games has the full gambit of riding on two wheels. We go fat tires, we go skinny tires, we got all kinds of tires and we're 50 and above, which is amazing. So they're catering to that whole age group. So basically the biggest difference is mountain biking obviously is off-road, hence the mountain bike not you know name. And then road biking's on the road. Um, the roots of cycling are basically 
where cycles used to race off-road, on-road bikes or similar vintage, like you see the 10-speed old kind of old-style metal bikes. So it developed uh, actually here in the United States, up in Marin County in California, where mountain biking, the birthplace of mountain biking, they took these World War II old balloon style uh, tired wheels, which were big balloony wheels. Okay. And they started riding up and down Mount Tamalpais. And it developed into what we would call today mountain biking, which is worldwide. So the American public was, that's our invention there. I, I our contribution it. to It's our problem, yeah. <laughs> uh, road biking, though, is very, very, very old. It goes way, way back. One of the largest races in the world, the Tour de France, which mm-hmm. is in France and other adjoining countries, is more than, what is it, over 100 years old, Brandon? At least, yeah. Over 100 yeah, years. I think they celebrated 100 a years time. a couple years ago, yeah. yeah. So it's been around a long time, and, and, and usually the road bike races are on a longer circuit, uh, endurance-based, 50 miles plus, up to 100 miles. Mountain biking tends to be a little bit shorter, uh, a little bit more intensity because it's up and down in the right. you know, in an unstable surface. So mm-hmm. kind of a little bit quick history on cycling in general there. Yeah, awesome. Do you have a preference you know, personal. Now, you know, obviously there's pros and cons. Everybody has their thing. But what's your favorite? I love them both. Um, I really do. Uh, the, the My preference is definitely mountain biking. I come from a mountain biking background. BMX as a kid, all that kind of stuff. But I love road biking. The only thing I don't love about road biking is being next to cars. Cars, yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. and especially going into a race. I think that's why a lot of people love to go to the events is now you're on a controlled course. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a safety thing. You get to really put it out there. You get to really focus and, and, and put more into your riding versus, you know, being, you know, so aware of your surroundings and looking for cars and other things. Um, but yeah, I love road biking as well. Brandon and I were riding yesterday. We were just out here at Desert Color, you know, poaching some of the the courses, looking for what we're going to do for <laughs> sure. the upcoming. And it was the first time he and I had ridden together on the road. Uh. And he's like, "Wow, this is kind of neat. You're in your drop bars, Jason. I'm kind of, I'm kind of, I'm kind of liking this." <laughs> I guess I am a roadie. I started yeah. with the road bike, and okay. I have two road bikes, and I own two mountain bikes. And uh, when it comes to watching a race, I prefer the road. Yeah. I, uh, that's fun for me, yeah. and. Yes, so, I know so the dangers a, of the cars. You're a fan of the of the Tour de France. That's I watch the Tour de France every year. Yeah. Yes, I do. I pay for CNBC if, so I can watch it online. <laughs> and this year it was on Olympic Channel, so yeah. I got to watch it all on that. And I looked it up, 1903, first year. 1903, yeah. so it's been around for a long time. Now, you both have mentioned um, some of the risks of road biking and being on the road with a car. Uh, is risky, obviously. What are some safety things that you can do as a cyclist to keep yourself safe if you're out there on the road sharing that road with a, a motorized vehicle that outweighs you by a long, long ways? Yeah, the lug nut rule. Yeah. You will lose if you're hit by a car. <laughs> Absolutely. So me personally on my bike, I like to ride with friends so there's more of us. I like to ride with bright colors. I actually have some bibs that I wear with a fluorescent yellow strip down the back. So it's on my left leg, which is where the if you're doing it legally and right, you're going to yeah. be on the right shoulder. So the cars can see the fluorescent. But I use a Garmin 1030, which is a computer mounted on my bars, and it reads the traffic on a taillight that I have mounted okay. underneath my ah. seat post. And 
the the tail light it, to conserve the battery it's not always on but when it picks up a car it starts flashing and my computer beeps at me and tells me there's a car approaching so it tells you there's a car but it also tells the car that you're there that's true okay. that's correct yeah. and, right. it, and, the, and the flashing speeds up as the car gets approached closer so that it's alerting the driver that I'm a cyclist, I'm on the shoulder and I can look at my computer and I can see how far away that car is and I know right when it's coming up on me. Um, so my computer turns red and then when my when the car passes me it, it turns green and it'll show me dots. It'll even show me if there's three cars approaching me, I can see there's three cars approaching. Wow. Um, so, so there's technology out there that can really help. Yeah, and it's called safe. a Varia light, V-A-R-I-A, V-A-R-I-A and it's made by Garmin and it's $150. It's very so inexpensive. Um, it's a lot cheaper than a copay for your yeah. medical right. bill. Yeah, or even funeral expenses, which, right. like you said, unfortunately, you know, it's such a, a tragedy. We hear yeah. occasionally of, of cyclists mm-hmm. being hit. So you got to be careful. You got to be careful out there on both sides. Like, let's let's just acknowledge that the drivers of the vehicles oh, need to be careful. The right. cyclists need to do their part as well. And hopefully we can avoid some of those tragedies. And there's that three foot rule. Yeah. You know, right. which goes both ways. I think the cyclists need to be considerate of the cars and, sure. and, the, and the cars need to be right. considerate of the cyclists as well. Awesome. That's huge because you're never going to win as a cyclist. You won't. Right. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and you can't have any elitist attitude. I mean, the, you have to be defensive on the road. You have to be aware of your surroundings. If you're wearing, you know, ear pods or, you know, you're not you're not kind of you're just waiting for the cars to see you. Yeah, that's probably the wrong direction. Right. You want to be aware. You want to do everything you can to minimize the percentages of you getting hurt. And if you do that and something happens, well, it happens. Right. You, know, you still got to enjoy your sport. You can walk across the street and twist an ankle. Sure, sure. But at the same time, increasing or decreasing percentages, that's the safety factor for cycling. Just know your surroundings. Make sure you tune up your equipment. You know, make your make sure your equipment's you know running good. And then know your route and make sure you tell somebody where you're going, you know, tell your wife, your husband, I'm going to be out. Here's my route today. Um, If you get a flat tire or something and you don't have the right tools or you do have the right tools, but you get a second flat, you know, they know where to come and you have communications. Bring your phone with you at all times. They have great apps on the phone, too, that are that help you connect safety wise. So check out those apps. There's a lot of them out there. And garments, GPSs in general will really help. Yeah, great, great yeah. advice. I love yeah. it. Let's talk just for a second about the Huntsman World Senior Games. This will be your first year coming in as directors. Um, and I know that we're still working out some details and, and whatnot. So it's a little bit of a fluid situation. But talk just a little bit about some of your ideas and concepts that you think that you're going to be able to bring that will help raise the level of competition and the overall experience for World Senior Games athletes. Well, I was very surprised when I first came on board of the Huntsman Games because I've been promoting big events for a long time. The largest cycling event in the world is Sea Otter Classic in Monterey, where we work through hundreds of thousands of spectators and athletes throughout a, a week process. And the Huntsman Games has been on longer. It has more clout and vintage to it. And I'm like, why aren't we attracting all these riders. I mean, what an amazing concept. I didn't I didn't even and being in the industry as long as I have, I didn't know much about the Huntsman Games until I got involved. And what a cool, what a cool cool way to do this. <laughs> so, Brandon and I bringing our experience to the table, our goal is is to is to up the game. We're looking at different courses right now, more spectator friendly, uh challenging yet doable for all these, you know, all the athletes. Um 
So right now we're looking to amend the road bike course. Uh, we're going to bring more of a shorter circuit type course that we can do laps on where you can be seen. The competition can be higher. Uh, the, the, the great Southern Utah, St. George area, red dirt can always be experienced. <laughs> yeah. But in a nutshell, we're bringing a, a closer knit experience. We want to do the same thing with the time trial, the criterium, and we're trying to set precedents for the next 10 years of how we're going to do this. So it can be very adaptable. And so that we have more high end athletes looking at coming here for 50 and over as a experience for competition, but still cater to the beginners who want to experience a great event. Yeah. Love it. Now you mentioned a couple of words there that maybe not everyone is familiar with outside of the world of cycling, time trial, criterium, um, road race. Take just a second and Describe what those races look like to someone who's not familiar with uh, with the sport. So the big event is the road race, and it'll cover a certain mileage, a longer mileage, anywhere from 50 to 100 miles, where you're racing against a category, other people within your category for that whole time frame. Tactics and things come in. Um, so it's the main event that we work around. Uh, the criterium is a short lap style, usually about a mile of which you do laps on it over a period of 20 to 30 minutes and you'll whittle yourselves down into a small group. And then the, it's, it's, it's more of a sprinting type event. Um, a 30 minute sprint. <laughs> and there's a lot of tactics. I mean, when I see the, the really big ones or the collegiate ones, you know, there's a whole tactic involved of staying up front, getting out of the wind, you know, strategies. And it goes for all the different cycling events, but especially plays in, in, in the criterium. Whereas the time trial is 20 to 40 kilometers because that's what we've had in the past. We're going to kind of whittle that down. We're going to probably have just one distance. And if you want to make it harder for yourself, you need to go faster. Go faster, right? Exactly. (laughs) So the time trial is an individual pursuit. So basically, it's you against the clock. And it's it. You start, and we we stop the clock when you finish. And it's just you in the wind and the hills, and wow. you're out there all by yourself with your bike. And that's kind of like so. It's the real true test of the cyclist is to be in the individual time trial. Now we also offer a, a, a variation of the time trial in our hill climb. Um, that one traditionally has gone right up the hill of Snow Canyon. People local in the area will recognize that if you're outside of the area, that's a tough hill, right? It's amazing. Uh, Brandon, Brandon introduced me to the to the the hill climb out there, and I will tell you guys, everybody from around the world comes to our area to to see Zion mm-hmm. and Bryce, you know the canyons, and they miss out on Snow Canyon. Yeah, yeah. And I tell people yeah. all the time now living here because I live just I I pass that every day because I live in Central, mm-hmm. which is about twenty miles north of St. George, and I come past that on the eighteen every day, and. What a beautiful really and amazing, is. I mean, the picture you get when you turn around and you climb and then you finish, you turn around and you're looking out over the valley uh. and it's like a hundred mile picturesque, just postcard of red and whites and what it's an amazing. amazing, it's worth, I mean, I don't know if you're going to enjoy it being anaerobic and out of breath, but <laughs> you will on your way down once you recover. No, I'll tell you what, it, it is amazing. We live right just right outside of Snow Canyon, so we fully take advantage of it. We've got about 30 seconds left. Brandon, someone comes up to you and says, I'm thinking about getting into cycling. What do you tell them? How do they get into it? Obviously, there's equipment, there's preparation. What do you tell somebody that would help them jump over that bubble and get into this great sport? 
Join a club, find some friends. Um, you don't have to go out and spend $5,000 on a bike. You can do $1,500 and, and the fitness is going to come. If you want to upgrade to a better bike later, you can, but you don't have to spend all the money in the world at, at the beginning. Find friends. If you get on Facebook, there's forums galore and yeah. say, I'm a new cyclist looking for someone to ride with. Having a, a partner to give you accountability and someone that's going to be waiting for you will get you out there in the morning. I think that's Makes key. a difference, doesn't yeah. it? It does make a difference. <laughs> Start slow. You can go to usacycling.org, click on the event rider toolkit, and there's a whole training plan for people starting out to teach you how to ride 30 miles, 60 miles, 90 miles, all the way up to 150 miles. Tell us that website one more time. usacycling.org. Awesome. Free event toolkit to teach you what you need to have when it comes to equipment and mentality and the physical fitness in order to get to where you want to go. Tell them who USA Cycling is. So USA Cycling is the national governing body of cycling throughout the United States. UCI Mm -hmm. controls cycling in the world. USA Cycling controls cycling in the United States. Mm -hmm. And then we at USA Cycling have a national team and we're the Olympics. So Mm -hmm. we provide everything you need for events from small grassroots events, from 50 people at an event, up to Sea Otter, which I think last year had 60,000 riders wow. racing at Sea Otter. Wow, amazing. <laughs> well, let me just say, we're super excited to be working with you guys. So we're, we're looking forward to a great event and uh, anticipate that uh, we're going to see it grow and just get better and better. So thanks so much for joining us. Yes. Absolutely. You guys rock and roll. We're so excited <laughs> to be here at the Huntsman Games. Thanks, guys. Lil. Yes. Registration. I know. Yeah, the registration for Thunderstorm World Senior Games opens on March 1st. It's just a couple of days away. Yes. Put that on your calendar. Don't miss out. You can check out all the schedules, the rules, the dates, as well as our COVID-19 plan to keep us all safe at SeniorGames.net. Mm-hmm. Remember to tune in live next and every Thursday at 5.30 p.m. Mountain Time on AM 1450 or FM 93.1 for the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life. We take this live show, we turn it into a podcast, and you can subscribe to that pretty much anywhere that podcasts are found. If you happen to be listening by podcast, take a moment and write us a quick rating or a review. Give us a rating that really helps us spread the word. One of the best and easiest places to leave a review is at podchaser.com slash theactivelife. And then you can find this as well as previous shows right on our website at seniorgames.net. So check that out. Today's inspirational thought. Okay. I like this one. One day or day one, you decide. Ah. Until next Thursday, stay active. Stay active.